I'm excited to talk about my sponsors today, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Group. Amazing, amazing group. This is a teacher. This is, uh, Gay was a teacher. She is a teacher still. You need to learn this is the type of uh, environment you want to be in because she's going to help you understand why. And I think that's the hardest part of this business is understanding why. Why is the red one popular when the green one isn't? Well, there's usually a reason. And what Gay does is probably parse that better than anybody, and she'll explain the reasons for those things. I think that's really powerful. Yes, she puts out a list. You're going to get, uh, get use of that list if you get in the group. Now, here's the deal. The group isn't always open, right? So you get on the waiting list, and you can join the waiting list through my link. Um, doesn't cost you anything to, to get on a waiting list. And if you uh, like her service, which I find that most people do, and that's why there's not so many openings, um, you'll be with her for a long time. And so it's amazingfreedom.com. She's part of Andy Slamet's group, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum. And you're going to get in the waiting list. That's all I can get you on right now. You can use my name and see if that gets you anywhere. But what I like about in that, uh, what I like about what they teach in that group are the things that are going on, you know, the current things. I've seen a lot of stuff going on about stores going out of business. Well, here's where an opportunity is. Here's why you want to do this. Hey, be cautious about this, you know, with Toys R Us coming out. You got to think about this. And that's the learning that you need to do. And gay is better than anybody else I've seen. So um, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum will get you to the waiting list. Then hopefully it can get you in the group and then you're going to see me in there and uh, we can chat anytime you're ready. Karen Locker's group, Solutions, the number four e-commerce, solutions4ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks. Karen's our account manager. We recommend her to everyone because she's done so well for us. I mean, that's quite frankly the reason we've been paying her for the last few years, but she's become an important part of our team. Her and her team are so involved in our account. I just see the emails coming back and forth. Hey, we did this for you. I just saw two listings today. And I'm like, wait a second. Why did they show up? I didn't put any listings up. They got, uh, they got uh, set off to the side by Amazon, and they reactivated them for me. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that just happens when you have a strong team, and I can't recommend Karen enough. If you use uh, my code Momentum, Karen pays me. I don't want to hide that. Of course, we all know that, but you're going to save $50, and it's a great opportunity to really, really um, build out your team with somebody you can trust. That's why I recommend them. So solutions for e-commerce, solutions, the number for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50. Oh, and by the way, she's going to do an inventory health report. Why is that important? Well, guess what? Fees are going up. Is your inventory health number declining like ours is? Well, here's why, and here's what they can do. What I like is I get a spreadsheet from them and it says, hey, um, here's a bunch of inventory. Here's what we recommend. And I'm like, yep refund, I mean, uh, delete, uh, return to us, blah, 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 whatever it is, and it's or destroy, and it just happens. That's what I like. The other thing that I have Karen help me with a lot is creating new listings. You know, we do a lot of the research ourselves, we upload our images, and then boom, magically the listing goes live, and I don't have to worry about it. Those are the services that Karen offers. Can't recommend her enough. Solutions for ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Use my code you save $50 a month every single month, and it's a great service. Plus, you get that free inventory health report. I think it's a really powerful way. So I can't, uh, I'm so excited how many people have been joining her because I see it. And I'm excited because the, the messages I get from people are saying, hey, this is great. I finally feel like I can focus on something else because Karen and her team are watching this for me. And, you know, I highly recommend her.
Next up is Seller Labs and Scope. <laughs> I almost said it wrong. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing when you sit back and think about, hey, I want to get this product up, and it's similar to this product, and that's, that product does well. Well, therefore, if that product does well, they have the right keywords. They have chosen things correctly. So guess what? You scope, and you can see all that stuff, and that's what the, the most powerful thing in the world is to copy somebody who's done it right. That's what you want to you want to take advantage of that, right? I mean, it's it's fair uh, to see, and so therefore you could take and apply it to your listing and immediately get that same benefit. That's what Scope does for me. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you fifty dollars on the service. Oh, by the way, it's free to try. So sign up, try it, and say. Oh, this is how it's done. Boom. And then you're going to, the light's going to go on and you're going to be like, man, I can get my products out there. I just can't wait. Can't wait. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. The other day I bought another domain. Yes, I bought another domain. It's almost like uh, I'm admitting guilt, but it's because I had an idea and it was something that was a pretty good idea. I think it's going to go pretty far. And so what do I do? I go to trygodaddy.com forward slash momentum and save 30%. So domains aren't very expensive. You get a few services. It adds up a little bit. And I usually buy three years. I usually buy privacy. By the way, I recommend that too. Buy that, you know, it's not that much money, but when you can save 30%, it makes it that much sweeter. And it makes it easier uh, when you're buying domains, and especially if you buy a bunch of domains. I am a domain collector, and so I do tend to do that. But that 30% makes it a lot easier. And I use GoDaddy because what I like is I can pop in an address I'm thinking, and it'll say, nope, nope, try this version or try this extension. And then, boom, there it is. Hey, you better hurry before it goes away. And they're right, you know. And so try GoDaddy.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. Also, I want to mention about Grasshopper. Who was I just talking to somebody the other day? And they were like, oh, yeah, I use this company called Grasshopper. I'm like, dude, did you buy it through my link and save 30%? Hello? No, they missed that. So save 30%. It's trygrasshopper.com forward slash momentum. No surprise there, but you're going to save 30%. And what the, the real cool part about that is they're using it for their private label business. And it gives them virtually a second phone on their current phone without having to get another number. They can make up a vanity number. They don't have to go and do all the grief and, and sign long contracts. Pretty easy stuff. And so if you're creating a brand that you want to identify, you want to look professional, you want to look like a real company, Grasshopper is a great tool. It's an app you put on your existing phone, and boom, you now have a customer service department. You now have a sales department. You now have a manufacturing division. You could forward it to somebody else. You can have it go to different voicemails, different departments, and it's all included. So try grasshopper.com forward slash momentum. Save 30%. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 312, Trevor Morris. You can hear in my voice. I'm very excited. I'm telling you, what a great interview because, you know, and I'm going to describe Trevor and I can't imagine he'll get offended by it. He is just a fly below the radar, put your head down, do the work type of guy. Uh, you know, well-educated, smart, 
smart as a whip, just quiet. You know, if there's a classroom, he's not raising his hand every single time to show he's smartest. He's back there taking it all in and figuring it out. And to me, um, as I said in the after him and I got off the call, is he's pretty much most guys, you know, and most ladies. Um, we look to the outliers and thinking that, you know, we should be them, we should be them. But I'm telling you, after this call, my bet is you're going to say, I wish I was him. Because let me tell you, he is one impressive individual, just a, just a wonderful person and a very kind soul and uh, pretty humble about his success. And how, that's all, those are all good formulas for long-term success. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest because, you know, again, I love my position in life because I get to watch people over time and to see this gentleman just figure it out and expand and expand with his head down. Real, he's real calm, real chill, and yet he's been developing and developing, and it's just so cool to see him explode. And very excited for all of us, Trevor Morris. Welcome, Trevor. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I think it's fair. I don't think that's an unfair description. You generally, you know, you're below the line. You don't stick your head out very often, right? You're kind of quiet, kind of keep to yourself, put your head down, do the work, right? Is that fair? That's fair. And yet, and yet, you just got up on stage for the first time <laughs> in your life. Was that the first time ever? Uh, I believe so, yeah, in front of a crowd. Oh, my goodness. All right, we're going to get to that. So... I remember meeting you, and who who was with you? Uh, that was my uncle. He's from uh, Rocky Mountain. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It was your uncle. Yes. And your uncle at that time had a massive, massive description quantity of stuff to sell. Right? Is that kind of the story I remember? Yeah, for the most part. And he was selling it. I think on eBay or locally or what was he doing at the time? Yeah, yeah. So he he had several storage units full of stuff that he had bought when he did eBay years ago. Um, and he just and had it all set and he was looking for advice on how to grow it. How, right. come, how come you didn't take the lead? Because I thought about that. I mean, you have a perfect opportunity where you and him could have partnered. You could have done all these different things. But I got the vibe that that wasn't you knew that's not the direction you want to go. Is that fair in my observation? Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, you know, I had taken some stuff when I was in college uh, from him and listed it. And, um, you know, for, for me and my business, you know, eBay is great. Uh, but for me, Amazon was better. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I get it. And, and so I just saw, you know, Amazon was where I should focus my time and my energy. So for me at that particular time, it wasn't worth it. Well, and I think here's a, here's an important part. You know that because you, hey, you've done it and you realize, hey, this is definitely more my lane. And I think more people need to do it. Now that's not downplaying. There are some people that try Amazon. I think of Jay and Ryan of Scavenger Life and Jay and I've talked and he's, he's not interested at all in it. I mean, they tried it and they're like, yeah, that it's not what they want. They want to sell unique things that interest them. They want to stay interested. So that's what's so cool is that he, they could choose their way and you could choose yours. So what did you go to college for? I went to college for uh, maritime administration, which is basically logistics for the ocean. Okay. Uh, so like you, your container you, ships, bulk, how, stuff like that. So how's the ocean next to your house? 
Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't live next to an ocean anymore. I was um, gonna say I don't think you live in the next to an ocean. Yeah, no, you. Uh, so I went to school down in Galveston, Texas. Then I lived in Houston for about two years, uh, and then my wife and I moved up to the north of Dallas area here about a year ago. And what was it about the ocean that I mean? Because you know, I I used to remember hearing people I'm going to be a marine biologist, right? Because they I, were into uh, you know sea life and that kind of thing that was it or they're going to go into coast guard because that was a good way to get girls but i mean it was always at a beach and that kind of thing <laughs> who wants right. to be this ocean uh i mean what was the title again it's the title of the degree plans maritime administration maritime Basis, administration it's ocean logistics if you want to call it that um what led you there yeah. i mean what what did you say i mean did you see it somewhere did you have a family member in it what, what would lead you there well, you know, growing up, I was always, you know, moving stuff around, kind of organizing stuff. And I'm very good at I can see stuff. Like, say I see a, a pallet, and I'm like, oh, man, I think that can go up on top of this racking, and I could save space or, you know, stacking boxes into a cargo, uh, one of those cargo trailers from U-Haul. You're a Tetris uh, fan. You're a Tetris yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm very good at that type of stuff, and I love logistics, and so... I was like, hey, I want to go to A&M, but A&M moved the logistics branch of their university to Galveston because it's one of the very few satellite campuses. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to Galveston, A&M, you know. Uh, and so that's where I ended up going. That's the only school I applied for. So. And that was it. But I mean, what's still, what was just because, did you love the water too? I mean, was that part of it? Or, because you could do the same thing for warehousing, right? Material management or whatever it would be for warehousing. Why the water? I really don't know. Okay. Um, That's know, fair. I, the ocean's nice. Uh, I like fishing, but... Okay. Uh, Just interesting yeah. to me. I mean, it's why, why people choose what they do. You know, uh, usually there's something in their background. Okay. All right. So you studied this. Did you graduate? I did graduate, yes. Okay. And so what is the typical person who gets that degree, what career path do they have? Well, so that's that's kind of the beauty. It specializes in ocean, but they also um, they also teach you about land and air, all the different types of logistics. Ooh. So a lot of people will go out and they'll be – a freight forwarder. Um, they could go in the brokerage area, um, dealing with ships. For me, uh, I worked at a barge company, um, you know, which if people don't know what that is, it's basically a smaller version of a ship, but it doesn't have an engine or anything. Most don't, uh, it's pushed or pulled by a tugboat. And they carry materials, right? It could be, they could do containers, but they also could do coal. Like I've seen barges of coal right. and open material, right? Right. Like the one I, I worked for was a lot of uh, oil and gas. Oh, cool. Um, so, you know, it, it's there's so many different areas you can go into. I mean, you can go and, and work at the port if you wanted to. Um, you know, or you could go work for a trucking company. You know, I worked for a, a logistics company that booked truckloads. Um, so that's helped me now oh my that gosh. I'm trucks, I, I know, okay, no, that lane's not right. You know, it's, it shouldn't cost me that much. Or I, I know how to deal with truck drivers 
because I've, I did it for several months. So. so you could relate to all that. So that is a huge advantage because I see that being a stopping point for a lot of people because, you know, you're dealing with, you know, several different companies and there are lots of rules, right? There are rules right. there and whether they're necessary or not, somebody's benefiting is usually how I say it. Um, they're there and they're very rigid and sometimes they enforce them, sometimes they don't. But when they do, you're in trouble if you're not correct. Fair? Right, right. So you've got that background, so that's obviously useful as you scale up. Do you think, again, seeing, seeing, working at that level, seeing that scale, because you saw scale early on in your life, um, mm-hmm. is that one of the things that's attractive to you about Amazon is the ability to, to move volume like that as opposed to the one-offs like on an eBay? Yeah, um, and, you know, I think, I think that's one of the things, you know, why it's good, I mean, it's good to do like retail arbitrage, um, but like most people started out doing retail arbitrage. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I did for the longest time. Um, and then, you know, about a year or two ago, I started seeing a shift, and I'm like, okay, retail's still going to be good. It's still going to be there, but to scale my business, what do I need to do? And I started looking into wholesale, um, which wholesale is, is good, but it can be very competitive. It can be hard to get with suppliers. Uh, and then I started looking at the overstock industry um, and closeouts. And so that's been my main focus for about a year now. So you're buying truckloads or pallet loads. I guess you could be any of the above um, mm-hmm. of, of closeouts, uh, sh- probably not shelf pills, but closeouts over – Production. I always tell people when they start up, I don't care what business is, when they're making Doritos, when they start up the Dorito line, they mm-hmm. start making them and they don't have enough powder on them. So they sell them as seconds or what have you. In the old days, they used to feed them to animals. Now they actually, because the quality is there, you know, the, the quality, right. uh, they sell them to third party companies that, you know, put their packaging on it and make a lot of money, right? And right. so when that happens though, they, at least in my experience, now tell me if I'm wrong, is there's usually about a 10% overrun when a manufacturer is making something, right? They usually say plus or minus 10% is what, at least when I've had stuff manufactured. And that, mm-hmm. if you don't take that 10%, they're going to sell it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Has that been your experience? Yeah. So, you know, whenever I say whole, like close out stuff like that, a lot of people are thinking liquidation. I get a pallet of just a bunch of random junk. Shelf poles, yeah, yeah, returns, that kind of stuff. Right. All my stuff is as if I was buying it wholesale from, say, Hasbro. It's all case boxed, brand new, uh, you know, first first run items. It's not leftovers. It's, it's, it's first aligned. So, like, for instance, Toys R Us, they went bankrupt, mm-hmm. right? They had already placed orders. Well, just use Hasbro because everyone knows Hasbro. They had already placed orders with Hasbro. Well, Hasbro, their manufacturing is now like, okay, well, we have X amount of these units. We got to sell them off because we can't sell them anywhere. Because um, Walmart's already placed their order. Target's already got their order. So they sell it to the vendors that I buy from. Um and these are uh, manifested, right? These are distributors or whatever, but these are manifested that you could prove ownership, that you meet all the requirements. Yeah, yeah they're awesome distributors and everything. So I'm getting products that I can buy. I can buy as little as two to 500 units 
of a single SKU all the way up to, you know, a SKU we bought. We bought 9,000 of them because <laughs> uh, the pricing was there. You know, it was $1.50 landed, and we're selling them for $13 to $15 on Amazon. Selling about, uh, like, my, so my uncle and I were business partners, and we split everything 50-50. So I'm selling about 200 units of those a month, and he's doing about the same. Um, so it, it just depends, you know, on the what our buy cost is. Obviously, if it costs us ten dollars, we're probably not going to buy nine thousand units of them. Um, well, this is really so, smart. I mean, this is now. I mean, before everybody jumps in and uses the Google, these are not easy relationships to get. These are probably no. cherished and very well protected. So please don't share Correct. any of them. All right? No, um, I, I <laughs> yeah, you're good at that, right? But it, it's fair. Um, that just does that stuff, you know, you and I are in a pre-call, we're talking about relationships um, and where they come from. How does, a, how does that fall into your lap? You know, does it, do you just start out there talking to people on a plane? I saw somebody talking, I think it was Garland mentioning that he was talking to some great guy on a plane, just happened to be sitting next to him. Or in my case, it was my landlord who ended up connecting me with somebody else. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you get to those level of relationships? You know, I think a lot of it, you know, like I've said before, you know, the Lord has really helped me in my business. And I think a lot of it, I give him a lot of credit for it because, you know, it's just about relationships. So on these closeouts, I was getting vendors from ASD. Um, Yes, you can go to ASD and you can get some of the vendors I started out with. Um, There is money there. It's just very hard. Um, it's competitive. And, it's hard because it's competitive, right? And I mean, that's exactly. part of it. Yeah, right? it's com- yeah, it's competitive. And, you know, sometimes their pricing is a little higher. Um, well, at my church, um, I've known a buyer for a major, major retail chain um, for pretty much all my life. He's known me. And, you know, one day he's like, man, it sounds like your business is really growing. What are you doing? And I kind of told him about it. He said, huh. I want to introduce you to some of the vendors I buy from. Maybe you guys can work some stuff out. No kidding. And, you know, at first they're like, no, we're not going to take any Amazon sellers. We don't want any. Um, and he's just like, no, listen, just just hear me out. Just give them a try. So when I went there and spoke with them, you know, my uncle and I placed a, a pretty large order. And they're like, wow, this person is serious. This is real. Yeah, this is real. It's not because a lot of times they don't like dealing with Amazon sellers because they place a case or two. Right. And we're like, oh, we'll buy all that. We'll buy all this. So, you know, with that, I was like, okay, he's going out and sticking his neck on the line for me. You know, we're going to try our best to do, you know, place a good amount of order and, and basically build that relationship. So now I've built that relationship up. You know, it would be probably very difficult to near impossible for another online seller to come in because they're like, well, we already had a couple. We don't need any more. Um, so, you know, like you were talking about the connections, the relationships, it's just that relationship and connection that I've had. And then he introduced me. And that's I think that's how it is on any part of our business. I think it's so. And here, here's one more thing, though. You said that this gentleman has known you for a long period of time. So right. he's watching you in that period of time. He's mm-hmm. looking for consistent. As I always tell you to people, how do you find people that aren't crazy or whatever? You watch them over time and you look for consistency because ultimately it'll come out. 
right? And so to me, I think it's very exciting that your, I don't want to use this phrase, it's, it's, it sounds so stupid, I'm sorry, your good behavior for that period of time, him is seeing that you, that whatever that behavior was over time, mm-hmm. and then he comes along and rewards you for that. That's got to be a very, very cool feeling. I mean, have you thought about that? Why you? There it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, it's cool. And, and, you know, it goes back to the old saying, you never know who's watching. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I mean, it could be somebody in your family that you had no idea has some connection. And and they're like, hey, you know, one day they just come to you and say, hey, I know you've been doing this this Amazon thing or whatever you're doing. And they just say, hey, I, I would like to offer you this or you want to go 50-50 in a deal and I'll be your bank. You know, there, there's all sorts of different things that can happen. And I know it's true because I have a neighbor. He's like, oh, I know the person for this company. I'm like, wow, that's pretty significant. You know, a person that starts a major multi-billion dollar company, he's good friends with. One degree. I would have never, I would have never known that. So you never know who's watching and you never know who knows who. Hmm. Now, how does the conversation start? I mean, do you, because if I go with my friends and we start, you know, we go out or whatever and they'll be like, oh, how's business, Steve? And I'll be like, I start talking. Mm-hmm. About sixth or seventh minute, because I like to talk, their eyes roll back in the back of their head and they're like, oh my God, he's not going to stop, is he? And then my wife will usually whack me and say, Steve, they don't care. <laughs> right. They don't care. How do, how do you approach that? How, does the, how do those conversations come out for you? Um... You know, I think it's typical with every Amazon seller. You start to talk about yourself and stuff. Um, but then, you know, like this, the toy buyer, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop time by Amazon and be like, okay, so you buy toys. You know, how are you buying? Are you buying them from Hasbro directly? He's like, oh, why do this? But I also buy them from other people. And then you just kind of Ooh. segue into it and you go, oh, well, what are these other people? Like, what do they do? And then you just start asking questions about their business or what their job is. Um, And then I think at the end of the day, you go, oh, is that something like I've always been looking because that was kind of how, you know, these relationships kind of started because I was like, so you're buying it from these people at liquidation pricing, but it's still brand new factory case back. He's like, yes, that's how we're able to offer discounts in our store, like a Ross, TJ Maxx, stuff like that, you know, and I'm like, huh that's interesting. And I said, so could, is there any way I could get in with those people or, or are you not willing to share that with me? He said, well, since we don't really compete, you know, and I know you, I don't mind introducing you. Wow. So, you know, just something like that, you know, sometimes we get so caught up and like, Oh man, look, I'm doing so good. I'm doing this. Spend some time and ask about what they do. Um, cause I would have never known and I might not even have these relationships I have now if I didn't ask, you know, from their perspective and their side of things. And then obviously once you, you show interest into their business, then then they go, okay, so now tell me more about Amazon. What do, what do you do? And then you share it with them and they're more opt to – if you're trading back and forth, you know, maybe I talk for five minutes, they talk for five minutes. Then they're not going to get as bored because they're going to be like, okay, now it's my turn mm-hmm. to share what I, what I do. Um, and you know, like we were at a, one of the vendors he introduced me to the day of, you know, we walk into the vendor, he introduced me, I do my searching around 
I'm buying stuff. Well, then there's one product, and from him, from his perspective on a retail side, he goes, man, I think this would be a great Black Friday ad. And I'm like, okay, well, what price are you trying to do? I'm trying to do it for this price. Okay. I said, so, I said, this is what it's doing on Amazon. This is the rank. And he, of course, he has no idea what any of this means, so I have to explain. I say, this is selling very good, has very good ratings. He's like, man, so... I'm going to be selling it, I'll pick a number, I'm going to be selling it at 50 bucks, and it's selling for 80 on Amazon. He's like, I'm still going to be undercutting Amazon. That's a good deal. And so I helped him make yeah. a buying decision while we're sitting right there in front of the vendor. And then for me helping him and help the vendor at the same time, the vendor's like, keep in mind, I had just met this vendor about an hour ago. They go, listen, we would normally charge you $45 a unit for this item, We'll charge you. We'll only charge you thirty-five. We'll give you his pricing. Wow. And I was like, wow. Like I just met you an hour ago, because I helped on this sale and he introduced me to you. I just knocked ten dollars off this item, and we did very well with that item at Christmas time. Um, and did they do well with theirs? Do you know or yes? Yeah. Oh, he's like I blew through all mine on Black Friday. So think about that. So you added value. Now, have you read the book uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie? I have not. Okay. So there's a point here. I, I promise you I'm going to make a point. Um, <laughs> no, because it's so point. Uh, it's so on point. Um, I've read the book a bunch of times. Anybody who's done any of that stuff has read that book, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Old dudes. Us old dudes. Right. That was one of the things. I just found it. I'm moving my, you know, around my warehouse stuff. And I found the, the CDs. And it's like three or four CDs. So I literally have them playing in my truck. And I listen to them. I'm away to the warehouse. I'm away home. I don't really drive much else, right? Mm-hmm. And so much of it is close your lips and listen and to Mm -hmm. listen from the other person's point of view, find out what their pain points are and help them. And all of a sudden you are now in a different position and you weren't helping him with an expectation. You were generally helping him. You had no expectations for that $10 discount. Um, And yet it comes and it's so prevalent. So the power tip here, Steve's going to give you all the power tip. Please go and buy Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Download it. I'm sure you can download it for free on the internet somewhere. Um, it is, it's, it's old and it's dated, but the principles, you just heard Trevor explain exactly the principles. Pay attention to their point of view and then add value and you win. Dude, that's very, very impressive uh, for a young guy to figure that out. Very impressive. Very cool. Um, when you take those relationships now, I mean, have they developed to the point now where they're like, hey, Trevor, we've got these other things that might, because you bought, you know, this, I can't find anything. I got a can of sardines on my desk, probably a bad example. Because you bought this can of sardines, Mm -hmm. we think you might also like these cans of mackerel. Mm -hmm. That's the best example I can come up with. Has that happened for you yet? Yeah, it's happened a little bit. Um, you know, like I said, these companies are mainly selling to like big brick and mortar stores. Okay. So Amazon to them is kind of uh, they understand it, but it's still kind of foreign. Um, because you're not you're not the big buyer that like a Ross or a TJ Maxx would right, be at this point right. yet. Yeah. So you know they come in and they're like for very specific things. They understand that market. Now they have come to me and say, "Hey, you bought this item." Um, we just got this item in, 
are you interested? You know, and like one of the vendors that we met, you know, we're on his higher uh, buyer side because we we bought so much from him. And so he'll say, hey, I got this deal coming in. I'm going to split it four ways. And, you know, I'm going to give you, I'm giving you a call before I, I send out the email on if you want in on this deal. And so at that point, you get an option to choose one, two, three, or four parts of that deal? Exactly. So I could choose one, none, or I could take it all. No kidding. Um, now, most of the time, like he's on the phone with me and then his employee is on the phone with someone else or, you know, whatever it might be. And so I've had it on the phone, like I'm sitting there on the phone, like, okay, yeah, this person just took it and it's another Amazon seller. And like, okay, so that person's selling it. Okay. I've worked, I've sold with alongside them. They're a good person to sell along and I can make a decision like, okay, well, I know uh-huh. he's taking one spot. I'm going to take another spot. You know, maybe my uncle's going to take another spot. That's three out of four. Who's going to take the four spot? I don't know. Um, you know, and then they've, I've also had it to where they look it up on Amazon and go, Hey, this guy is already selling this item. And they call me up and say, Hey, we're going to have two or 3000 of these coming in. Are you interested in purchasing more of them? And I make the decision yes or no. And so, so did you have to share your store name with them? Is that part of the prerequisites? Yes. Yeah. Cause Which they, is good. yeah, they just want to make sure that you're not tanking the product, you know, because uh, if you buy a product and then you just start dumping it, you know, they're not going to sell to you anymore because mm-hmm. it doesn't look good on the brand. Um, right. And then yeah. Ross would be like, are you kidding me? I, you know, I can't, exactly. you know, I, and then they're stuck with them. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. How does it work with, uh, so when you buy it, you're stuck with it? I mean, would they ever take it back or, I mean, has that ever come up yet? Yeah. So um, this is a good lesson for people to learn. Uh, I've learned a lot of stuff the hard way. Um, (laughs) I've got a warehouse full of hard way. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, whenever we placed a large order the first time around, you know, we kind of got a little over our head because we were thinking in the retail arbitrage mindset where you might get, I don't know, 10 to 100 of a unit. And we're now buying thousands. And And so we overbought on our first one, we're like, dude, this is going to take us three years to run through all this inventory. Um, so most of it, we took the hit on. And then a lot of it before it ever shipped, we're like, Hey, listen, we're really sorry. This is our first time ever doing something of this scale and magnitude. Uh, we've learned our lesson and we're not going to do this again. Would you consider taking back half of the order to sell it to somebody else? And they might say yes. And they might say no. Um, but that's so, real. Yeah. So it, it just goes based off your, like, and, you know, whenever I was speaking to them, I said, listen, I know we just met. I don't want to ruin our relationship. I said, if we need to take it, we will take it. I said, but if you have somebody else that'd be interested in it, you know, if you wouldn't mind taking it back, that would really help us out. And, and you know, these, these are not your typical just medium-sized, you know, distributors these are massive distributors and they're like oh no problem you know i can turn around and sell this tomorrow to to ross or something how does that how does that change the relationship when you see them bend for you because that let's face it that person helped you out enormously a you know we all know that we're lucky to be able to buy it and and sell it right right? so we all know that but Mm -hmm. now it went even deeper 
where they kind of bailed you out of a bad choice on your side, right? We all make them. Right. How, how does that change the relationship with that company? I mean, are you going to fall all over them and do whatever it takes to keep them, you know, happy? Is that is that where the, the give and take goes? Yeah, I think there there is a form of give and take. So um, obviously for us, we're like, okay, wow, this company's helping us out. You know, we're going to help them out when the time comes. And so a, a good example of that was we made the mistakes in August of last year. Well, the New York uh, Toys Show was February this year. We went to them. And on some of the products, I'm like, okay, we're making good money. And I was like, what's the lowest you could do if we bought them all? Oh, we could go down this amount. I said, no, let's not even worry about that. So I'll pay you what you're asking for. And he's like, you sure? I said, yeah, you, you helped me on these products over here when we made that mistake. I said, I'll go ahead and pay your asking price. I won't negotiate you down in pricing. So that way you make more money for helping the mistake that we made earlier. You never make it on Shark Tank. They would eat you alive, right? You have to negotiate the best price, Trevor. It's all about business. It's all about profit every single time. You've got to win, 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 win at all costs. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not so and, sure. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, that's their mentality is, oh, I got to beat them down on price. You know, I'm buying private label from China. I got to beat them down, beat them down. Well, what you don't know is... What deal is going to come along next that you could go down further on? You know, if if you're saving $2,000 right now on a deal, but you're still making money at their buy cost, it's not like you're losing money. Yeah, you're not getting that extra amount, but what if they, now if they, you know, what if they didn't cancel that order? I'd be stuck with that and I wouldn't even be able to buy these deals because my cash would still be tied up. Right. You know, uh, I so. just I just followed another guy who said something similar, and he's like, "Look, I want to pay them so much money that mm. they go nowhere else because they're like, this is ridiculous. Why would I walk away from this? In this scenario, you got to remember mm. that's a company that needs to turn a profit. They got to pay those employees. That big company has huge overhead. Exactly. So they must turn a profit, or they're not going to. I mean, I'm sure in the end that they look at the whole purchase and they show a profit or loss on it. Period. Right." And so when you help them lose money, that's not a good experience on their part, and that, that will hurt the relationship. Love it. Exactly. Powerful stuff. So how, how does Trevor Morris go up on stage? I was thinking about this. <laughs> and, you know, I know Joy, Joy Packard uh, put together a conference in Texas, which is close to home, I guess. But how do, you, how do you pull it out of you to go up? Because you are quiet and shy, I guess I would say, reserve at least my impressions of meeting you yes. once or twice. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you get past that to go up? Is it because of the confidence of figuring out a winning strategy for business? I mean, where does that come from? Um, you know, I'm not going to say I wasn't nervous. Um, I think everybody's but, nervous. Even the biggest speakers are nervous. So that's, that's yeah. fair. So, you know, when she asked me to do it, I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's pretty close. I can drive down there. No big deal. And she just wanted me to share my story and then provide some tips or whatever. Um, and so since I had started a meetup down there, I had told my story in a faster pace, you know, not as detailed almost every month, you know, cause that's when, pe- when new people would come in, they'd ask, you know, how I got started and I, I explained it all. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, it's just 
it's just a conference. I'll uh, I'll go up there and I'll speak. And you know, honestly, when I got up there and I started talking, I think there's something different between when you love what you're doing mm-hmm. and when you don't like it. It's so much easier. I got up there and I just started talking about you know my experiences, my you know my failures, stuff like this. And you know, I look back at them now and I just laugh at them. And I just go, wow, you know, that's crazy how that mistake brought me to this area. And when you start talking, time flew by. I was like, oh, that was a quick 45 minutes. Um, And, you know, if I help somebody, great. Um, You know, that's all I was really there for. It's not like I'm selling a product or anything else. Right. You weren't Um, there. But you did win, didn't you? I mean, and I think that's what people have to realize, that by giving – with no expectation. Mm. You didn't go there thinking you were going to, like you said, you had nothing to sell. What were you right. going to get? More more wholesale accounts or, you know, <laughs> you know, no, right? Of course not. Right. But by giving, tell us what you got. So, I mean, I got lots of stuff from that conference. Um, you know, just meeting with the different people. I mean, the networking, networking was, was really wonderful. Um, and I ended up meeting another seller there who basically has his own prep center. Um, and he, he was speaking, and I'm like, huh. And, you know, Joy Packer did her her talk on outsourcing. Well, for me, I'm scared to outsource. I think I'm like a lot of entrepreneurs. Oh, I got to do everything in-house. I got to do it in-house. I don't trust somebody else to do it. And I can tell you I'm living and breathing that right now. Um, I just outsourced all the liquid, uh, the closeouts and stuff I'm buying, all those toys, I just outsourced that whole, I guess you could call it a division, you know, of, of my business, that whole area of my business, I will no longer touch because of the connection that I made at this conference with this guy. And, you know, we worked out rates together and everything else. And so... My goal is that now when I buy it from my vendor, it ships straight to him. He stores it, and he ships it into Amazon on my behalf. And if you did not, let's let's close that loop because I think this is so important. If not, you would have put out a question in one of the groups. You would have said, hey, does anybody know of a prep center, you know, uh, kind of in my area? And you would have heard from a whole bunch of people, right? And right. and some, and then you would have heard, if you put that person's name out there, you would have said, hey, has anybody had experience with Steve's prep center, my name? And you'll hear the good and the bad, because it'll be both, right. right? Because there's good and there's bad, right? I mean, it's, there are, everybody has different experiences. They have different expectations, that kind of thing. And so... That, then you're like, well, geez, I don't know what to do, right? You're stuck, right? You don't, you don't know how to move. And so by meeting him face-to-face and, and taking that conversation one-on-one, him hearing you be honest and candid about what you're doing, mm-hmm. that changes things, doesn't it? I mean, your relationship is not just a business relationship. Fair? Fair. And, and to kind of piggyback off that, you know, um, I had gone around to many prep centers and I was like, this is what I'm doing, yada, yada, yada. And their storage fees, you know, cause obviously they got to make money, everything like that. It's not free, but they were, they were too high for me. So I was actually on the verge of building another warehouse on my property. That was going to be like 2,500 to 3000 square feet just for storage of all the toys that I buy. Cause I buy by pallets or truckloads. Um, 
so I was on the verge of doing that and you know I really didn't I really wanted to outsource it but it was going to cost me way more than what I could pay monthly for a barn Okay, well, let's stop there. Yeah, because I, I don't want to lose this point, too, um, because I just think it's important. So you've done the math, what it would cost for you to build out your own, you know, because and how much money is that going to tie up for you, right? I mean, right. that's inventory you don't have the money to buy. Fair? Exactly. So you've Fair. done that math and you sat back and said, hmm, is there another way? You were looking for it and you had not found it until mm -hmm. this event. Exactly. Dude, yes. tell me this is not meant to be. I'm getting, yeah. a, I'm getting the chills listening to you. Yeah, so it, it was definitely a godsend, you know, whenever I went there. And then he's like, oh, I have a prep center. I do this. And I'm like, okay, well, what could you do for volume? And then we start talking. And like I said earlier, you know, we worked out rates. And I said, well, this makes sense for me. Uh, if it makes sense for you, he said, I'm good with it. Okay, let's give it a shot. So I sent him a truck last week, 26 pallets full of toys. Um, you know, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, but in the meantime, that's cleaned out tons of space in my barn. Um, so now I can focus on other areas of my business. So now the toys, he's handling all the toys. Now I can focus on the clothing and stuff that I buy from another vendor that I can't send to a prep center because it involves a lot more work. But it um, allows you to focus. And so by... <laughs> So it's not all or, and here's another pro tip from Trevor. It's not all or nothing what you're describing. Exactly. You're segmenting, you're, you're basically fixing a segment of your business so you can focus on another segment. And then eventually, exactly. if that can get figured out, right, that would be another. I mean, oh, dude. Right. Oh, now I see right. why she had you on stage. I get it. <laughs> you, you, and it, it's true, though. Trevor flies below the radar. You know, it's true, right? I mean, that's not, that's not unfair. It, it's true. I mean, I try to fly below the radar as much as I can. Smart. I mean, cause that's just for, for me, it's, it's not about publicity and, you know, oh man, look at how good I'm doing, you know, at my age or whatever. I don't, I don't care about that. I mean, there's people doing way better than me. You know, that's great. Um, but there's also people that aren't doing as good as me. And so I know starting out, it was, it was a lot different five years ago, but, you know, I was in college doing it. And so, you know, if I can do it, you know, other people can do it too. And, and if I can help them in any way, then I try to just share my story and say, don't do what I did on these mistakes and it'll save you a lot of money. Well, um, who's your, who's your mentor? I mean, when you, when you think about who, where do you get your advice from um, that you take action on? Because everybody gives advice. But what, where's the advice that you find yourself taking action on come from? Well, um, oddly enough, I, I would say probably my uncle and my dad. Because um, obviously my uncle, we sell together. Um, so he understands Amazon. He's very good at buying. He's... One of the original ones, you know, him, my grandpa, my dad taught me eBay and garage selling back in the day. Um, so they helped get me started. And then, you know, for Amazon related stuff, I use him as a soundboard. And then, you know, I'm more of a, a calculate. I like to, I don't say like risk taker. I'm a calculated risk taker. Um, and my parents are not a risk taker at all. They're the get a degree, go work corporate for 30, 40 years, work your way up the ladder, 
uh, not hardly any risk. Um, and so I use my, my parents as a soundboard as kind of the devil advocate, devil's advocate on that side of the business. So, Hey, I'm thinking about doing this, you know, like when I was talking about the barn and stuff like that, he would be my soundboard and my dad would be like, well, I think you should do it this way or do it this way. Like, what about this? Have you thought about that? And it just, having those two different soundboards, you kind of, not one way is going to be the correct way. It might be, okay, so that's something I need to think about. But if I approach it this way, I should be able to take out and not have to worry about what they were concerned about. Hmm. So I think they're both kind of mentors in, in that that perspective. Um, and, you know, just there's lots of people that I, I watch and, you know, I mean, there's tons of people. Like now that I started private labeling, um, you know, Andy, LaRon, and Nathan and all them, you know, they've helped me out tremendously on the private label side of my business. We're talking about amazing freedom. If anybody didn't catch that, it was Andy Slammons, LaRon Hirschkorn, and uh, Nathan Slammons. So amazing freedom. Um, they're amazing. Well, it, it, let's, let, can I dig in there for a second? Because somebody sure. just asked me a question about that. Um, now, you've been in that group for how long? Um, probably about a year, getting close to a year now. And you took action, so let's qualify that. Mm-hmm. But when you went back for help, because this is one of the things I tell people when they say, hey, Steve, what's the best group to get into? I'm always like, look, who do you connect with, right? Who do you think is genuine for you, right? Because some people are, you know, matter by the book and they just need the instruction manual. Other people need handholding. Other people need whatever. They just need to be able to get an answer answered or a question answered, right, when right. they need it, not, not wait six years for a response, right? Right. That group, and I'm in it, so I see people asking questions. I see once in a while you post stuff. Are they the most phenomenal answering people you've ever seen in your life? I'm convinced yes. none of them sleep. <laughs> I'm convinced, well, Andy, I know, does sleep because I know. And we were talking yesterday about naps. He was telling me about naps. He's like, Steve, you need to take a nap. Anyway, but but Laron, Yoda, as I call him, never sleeps. He's, he's yeah. like a bat or something. And then Nate is just as bad. Um, but it's true. Fair? It is fair. Yeah. And they're, they're great people. They reply to your messages, you know, and I think where I first met you on, uh, on their weekend private retreat. Yeah. Um, was in, you know, uh, Denver. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my dad being the, the devil's advocate was, like, Oh, I don't think that's worth it for a weekend. You're going to pay how much? Like that's not worth it. And then for me, I'm looking at, okay, all I need is one product and it pays for this or, you know, I'm looking at it as what information can I gain that I can then make money off of. So, you know, when I went to the retreat, um, just the tips and tricks that I learned there, I then applied to my private, I had, I had one private label brand that I had been doing. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it was a slow, steady sale. And that's just how it was for two years. Um, I applied that to that business because it was already going and it, it like did 30 or 40% more in, in profit, um, you know, from then on in, in terms of every month. And so then, you got your money back right away. Yeah. So I got my money back and then, you know, I went around asking each one you know, how they source product. Cause my biggest problem starting out was I just had a difficulty f- sourcing product. I didn't understand how to do it and nothing I could do, nothing clicked. 
And so finally, I think it was like the last night, I was with Leron, like 10.30 at night, and uh, he walked me through his process. And every everybody's process is different. You know, they might not have the same process. And whatever he said, it just like clicked in my, my brain. And so we found a product, and, um, you know, I was sitting at the, that kitchen table, you know, messaging the supplier at 11, 12 o'clock at night. And I was up for several hours going back and forth because they didn't want to sell to me because uh, they already had somebody selling on Amazon. But eventually I broke through and now I, I ran out of stock last year. Um, and so I just got more stock in and May I sent the products in. I kind of did a relaunch without giving away any products and you know it i did like 15k in revenue uh just last month off that one product off that one product and you got to use that college education that understanding of logistics once Leron clicked something and probably spoke in Yoda terms, he spoke a different language that you understood, nerd language for you two, because you're both nerds. And <laughs> you guys spoke whatever that language is, and it connected, and you were it was like a releasing a dam. And so mm-hmm. to me, that's what that group does. That's what those events do. Um, I've seen so many people with the light bulb go off. And yeah, Steve's pitching their stuff um, because I believe in it. And I, I say that, you know, and I'm not bragging. I turn away 90%. I got somebody else trying to come on right now, uh, a PR person trying to pitch me on their person, why they're the best thing. I filter out most of them because I got to see it. I want to see it over time because I'm so worried about giving you bad advice, Trevor. You know what I mean? Cause that, that doesn't mm-hmm. wear on your soul very well. You know, I've been that guy. I'm not going to be that guy again. And so that's why when I hear a success like this, when I hear of somebody connecting and then following through and then getting, ooh, gives me the tingles, dude. But again, <laughs> I think it's well-deserved. I think all this stuff that you've been doing with your head down, doing the work, working with your uncle, learning, learning, advancing, uh, and then putting yourself out there, which to me is the biggest takeaway I'm going to take away from this conversation is that Trevor stuck himself out there giving without expectation and he's been rewarded tenfold. Let's, let's finish up. Um, when I, when I think about, you know, you would not call yourself a risk taking entrepreneur. You've already said you're risk averse, right? You're not totally against risk. You're just not a roll it all on seven, bet everything. What's your advice for new sellers that want to get into and grow their business? Maybe they're doing retail ARB and they want to try to step into these worlds of wholesale or wholesale private label or in your model. What's your advice for them? Do you have any boundaries that you would say, hey, you know, kind of hold these boundaries in for now and then you'll, you can push them out later? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm a, I call it a calculated risk taker. Uh, I take risk all the time, but I run the numbers and make sure that, you know, it's good for my business. It's good for my family. Um, Like a big one, a lot of people don't talk about is cash flow. Mm -hmm. You know, know your cash flow. There's, there, people will tell you, oh, it's bad to go into debt. Don't go into debt. Or they'll say, oh, who cares? Let's just go into debt. You know, I think there is an equal medium. Um, I don't think bat- debt is bad as long as it is under control. Um, so that being said, don't go take $100,000 in debt 
and only have twenty thousand dollars in inventory. Or go shopping at ASD. Just put take a hundred yeah. grand and go walking around. All right, I got a hundred grand. What can I buy? What should I buy? Exactly. Yeah. Don't, That's a bad plan. Yeah. Don't always shop as if you don't have money. Oh. That's a good piece because of Because if, if you're shopping as you don't have money, you're going to go, okay, this is a really good deal. I'm going to make $6 off a $2 investment, and it's selling quick. Okay, then you go, I can get that money, and that's good. So if you shop that way versus if you go, oh, man, I got 100 k in the bank. I'm going to go walk in there and just, yep, that looks good. That looks good. Then you six of these, 12 of those, 12 of those. Yeah, that looks yeah, good too. Like, oh, crap. Why did I buy all this junk? <laughs> you know, so I think starting out, if you're, if you're doing retail, that's great. Keep doing retail because that gets you um, cash flow, right? It keeps that cash flow coming in. But make as you're doing it, refine your process and make smarter buys. You don't have to buy everything, um, you know. And just because it's on clearance doesn't mean it's good. Right. Um, it's and on I clearance think, for a reason, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't and sell. So, you're right. So if, if you want to do private label, look for a good course that's not overly priced that they're doing. Like we talked about Amazing Freedom. Freedom. You know, I've taken several courses and honestly, they are the best. They actually have a Facebook group. They actually answer your questions. I've been to other ones that are a lot bigger that even hold their own conferences and they don't, the, the owners of that, that conference or that, um, that course, they hardly ever answer any questions. Yeah. You can't private message them. So I think looking at what fits your business is best. And another thing is a lot of people starting out get sucked into this whole mindset of, Oh, I have to buy a course for everything or I have to buy this software Make sure you keep your monthly expenses in check. You don't have to have every piece of software. Sometimes it's better to do that stuff manually for a while so you understand it on the back end. And then once you have enough revenue and profit, then you do it. Which that's mm -hmm. the thing a lot of people don't talk about is they, they brag about their numbers. Well, who cares if you did $6 million if your net profit is 6%. Right. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm so with you. We're one of the few that say it's 17 to 20 percent. Um, and then others say, oh, that's a terrible business. You should be doing 30 or 40 percent. I'm like, man, that's good for you. But I've got a warehouse. I've got workman's comp and I've got insurance. Exactly. I've got all these different things. When, exactly. you, uh, when you look back, mm -hmm. did you have any clue that you'd be able to kind of leapfrog? Because that's what it seems to me. This is Steve's observation. You seem to be leapfrogging. It's like you, you pulled back and you Again, I, I describe it this way. You kept your head down, did the work, studied, invested smartly, lined up with the right people. It sounds like you and your uncle are just perfect alignment there. And then you start branching out. And then mm -hmm. it just seems like you've jumped ahead. Like all of a sudden it's like you're slow, slow, slow. And then boom, you're three or four steps ahead. And then you slow down. And then did you ever think you would get there? Because it's hard, right? When you're starting out, you're like, oh, man, I see all these numbers from everybody else. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. I suck. Trevor. I'm bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, and and you know, to hit the seven figure mark or over seven figures, it took four to five years of hard work and grind. Wait, nobody says that. If you can't do it in a month, you're out, right? It's failure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, all the people you hear like, oh man, in eighteen months you can do seven million or uh, a million plus two. Well, chances are they just got lucky, 
Oh, I mean, I can hit a million dollars easily and I can lose money. Right. Right. Does that make me good? Well, no. So it goes back to the whole profit thing. There's a lot of people out there. They are doing that in 18 months. They're hitting over a million. That's great. But don't always have an end goal in mind. So like one, one person I've started following recently, I'm not sure if you've heard of him as Grant Cardone. Oh, I know Grant. I do. I'm yeah. one degree from him. I actually know somebody who knows him. Yeah. So, I mean, his philosophy is, is great. I mean, when you're setting goals, you know, yeah, he has a whole 10 X, which if you haven't read the 10 X rule, his book, that's a very good book on mindset. Um, but you know, for him, it just, you set goals. So like for me, if I set a goal, I don't set a goal of, Oh, I'm going to do 2 million this year. You set a range. I'm going to do a goal between two to three million. That's my my revenue goal this year, because once you get closer, you hit two million, in your mind psychologically, what's going to push you to go further? Versus if you say I have two to three million, you go oh I hit two million, nice. I still have time. I'm going to shoot for as far as I can get to three. Hmm. And and that's so that's like I a think, stretch goal right there, right? That's the stretch. Exactly. So you know. Starting out, you just gotta you gotta do the work. A lot of people think it's easy. A lot of people make it seem like it's easy. Right, that's true. But but it's really it's really not. I mean, it's work. It's not like you're just gonna sit there and do whatever. Now maybe five ten years down the road when you've have everything outsourced and everything is going great, then yes, you can take and get some of that time back, just like I did the toys. The four-hour work week can start then, but you got to get all the work, all the work, even even um, Tim Ferriss would say there was a lot of work to get to that four-hour work week, which... Exactly, know. exactly. What about personal habits? So, you know, I was thinking about, I, I usually ask, my closing question is usually to say, hey, you know, give me a, a way to improve, but I just think you did that. I think you went right through a perfect example of what people should do. So mm-hmm. what I'm going to close with after I get your contact information, what I want to close with is the, the, the basic things that you do, your personal habits that you use to contribute to your success that you think others could benefit from. Because again, I use this, I think you and, um, oh, I can't believe I'm trying to blank on his name. It's another, per, oh, Todd Lammy is another one. They just put their head down and do the work, stay below the radar, and then all of a sudden they pop up and you're like, whoa, how did he get that far ahead? Whoa, where did he, how, how did he do that? And again, it's these personal habits. And I think, I think that that's where others could use some benefit and I think you could offer some. Yeah, so... Um, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, like we've talked about, it's just grind and hustling. You know, I always like to say, you know, I'm, I'm hustling, getting it done. Um, because I'm young, I'm like, I'm just going to push as Rub hard as in. I can. Rub it in. Go ahead. You know, well, you know, cause, uh, an older person, hey, they maybe have worked hey, for hey, 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 20, hey. 30 years. I'm not saying you're old. I'm just saying an older person that mm. could be 30, you know, oh, about dude. Oh my so, God. So, so, Did you, you know, just say thirty years old? No, I said older. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 Kelly Loach will appreciate this. I have socks older than that, and you know, he, my, let me tell you my Kelly Loach story. He sent me socks. He's like, Steve, you never said thank you for the socks. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I sent you socks. I'm like, Kelly, I received so many packages of socks. I had no idea, and I was. It felt terrible. I, I apologize to him every time I see him about these socks. So I have socks older than thirty. So go ahead, keep going. Yeah. So you know, I think just 
you know, pushing and pushing. And, you know, a lot of people get discouraged if they're older. They're like, oh, man, I just can't do it like these younger people or I'm not that good. That's not true. I mean, you know, you well, can your start- uncle, your uncle's a good example. Yeah, my uncle's a great example. He's a lot older than me. Mm-hmm. And and we're doing just great, you know. Now, he's in a different point in his life than I am, you know, and and that's how it, that's how it all is, you know. Some people, they want to get to a certain level and they just want to maintain that level. Um because they don't want to get bigger, they don't want the stress, the headache, all that stuff of everything else. Where somebody in my shoes, I'm like, dude, let's just push this thing as big as we can get it. And do you pull stuff from him and him pull stuff from you strength wise? Is that part of what you get from that partnership? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, minus the buying power and stuff, you know, he's had 30 years or so of experience in buying stuff. So he is very good at looking at something going, Oh, that might be good. Or, Oh, Hey, I think this will be good. I mean, he, he tells me on stuff like, Oh, this will be good because of this reason. I'm like, no, there's no way. And then it turns out that he's right. Hmm. So he's drawn uh, back on his experience and you get that benefit. So there's exactly. a, there's part of what a uh, personal habit that could be is connect with somebody kind of back to that whole meetup and uh, right. uh, we're back to, you know, uh, working with people and relationships, but, mm-hmm. and then draw against that. I think that's a powerful thing right there. Hmm. Right. When, um, so, so, when you think about what others should do today, and I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna still hold you to this one because I don't I don't think you did answer because you're not giving away your secret sauce. You're pushing. Where do you get that strength from? Because I know it's just not youth, um, because we are all young, and that we we are usually stupid when you're young. So you know, <laughs> you, so <laughs> so so what else do you do though, Trevor? that people can do? I mean, are you using some kind of calendar? I'm looking for something technical because I just don't want people to leave here. Hey, we, we talked a lot of good stuff and we gave them really great stuff, but I want mm-hmm. them to take action. I mean, I just feel like, like you taking action, going up on that stage has done all this for you. You mm-hmm. partnering with your uncle, you being consistent through life. And then this person watching, like you said, you never know who's watching, watching mm-hmm. you from a side and the opportunity just fell in your lap and it didn't just fall in your lap. Of course it's been prepared for, but I'm just saying, I want people to be able to move forward. So I want you to give us something that you're doing that others can benefit from. I'm gonna hold you to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are you staying up late, getting up early? Are you using some kind of systems or anything? Or are you magic? No, I'm not magic. That's for sure. Um, I really don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it is, you know, I worked corporate for, for two years out of college and, um, you know, I grew my Amazon business at the same time and it, there came a point where I had to make a choice. Do I keep working these ungodly hours? I mean, I was getting like four or five hours of sleep a night um, do I keep working these crazy hours, you know, at my real job, 12 hour shifts and then come home and do Amazon or do I pick one or the other? Um, and so, you know, it just, I think me seeing the corporate side of things and how I would, you know, I would work my butt off and I'd be doing other people's jobs and then 
I, I wouldn't even get rewarded. They're like, okay, good job. Thank you. Yep. See ya. And, and so I, I didn't get a pay raise, a bonus, which I mean, you shouldn't do everything in life for a pay raise or bonus, but out of the two years, I didn't get a single one of either of those. So for me, I'm like, that's kind of weird. So I had to make that, that again, calculated risk okay. and it was a lifestyle change. Do I want to keep doing that or do I want to take this Amazon since it's at the same level as what I'm getting paid at my full-time corporate job or do I take it and I try to do this? If I'm only spending half of the time or a quarter of my time on my Amazon business and I'm already at the same level as corporate, what if I did it full-time? So there's the lesson. There's the habit. There it is. You're filtering, and you said it, I just didn't hear it. It took you to explain it that way for me to hear it again. You're filtering everything in some way through your risk meter and mm-hmm. calculating it out, and then boom, taking action. So there it is. So you, you listener, have to develop your risk program, your risk model, if you will, and then filter everything through it. Mm. I like exactly. that. And everybody's like going to have a different level of risk tolerance. Yeah. There'll be there'll be some people that they don't want to do it. Like my parents, they have no risk tolerance really. And then there's me that I'll do some. And then there's other people like I just go do risk everything. Um, so you have to, like you said, you have to get your risk meter and figure out at what level, what are your maximum risk amounts that you're willing to take. And you know it. It all depends. And, you know, when I found out when I went full-time Amazon, I was able to, like, double my business in the remaining six months of the year because I was able to vote my time towards retail or whatever that was. And then you replicated it. As I sit and think about this, you just replicated by outsourcing your toys. You just explained that now all of a sudden you can focus on this other segment of your business because you figured out. You're a process guy. I guess we're back to how we started the full conversation. You got something from that college degree, didn't you? You got the process. Yep. You got the value from it. Um, and yet, you know, let me, let's like, I mean, it's kind of a little funny to say you have an, a degree and working with the ocean in northern Texas, far away from there, <laughs> and it applies to your Amazon business. See, to me, that's what people have to figure out. They have this stuff in their background, somewhere in their life, their experiences, right. their college or whatever, but it's relevant somehow to this world. And if you can use that, you have a big competitive advantage. Dude, I'm pumped for you. I can't wait to see what comes next. I'm very excited about it. So if somebody has a follow-up question, um, Trevor's very generous. He's shy, but he's very generous, as you hear. What's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, I'd probably just say Facebook. Okay, and I'll put the Facebook link there. Yeah. Trevor Morris, you blow me away. You pop your head up. I saw you, and I am so impressed. It's just so cool to watch somebody who deserves it, deeply deserves it, and your uncle because he's cool too. You deeply deserve it, and it's just so cool to see somebody winning who does. So very, very cool. I wish you nothing but success, my friend. All right, well, I appreciate you having me on. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Again, great guy. I told you, you love that. Um, I pushed him at the end, and I'm sorry, Trevor, I did. But I, I just want to make sure that you get value at the end. Um, I'm used to asking that question at the end, and he answered it earlier at my bequest. But it it really is important that you know you move forward, and you see somebody like Trevor who who does make it sound like it's easy, um, and he would tell you it's not. It took him five years to hit that level of success. Well, that means for four and a half or four and three quarters, 
he was just as frustrated as you might be right now. And so the lesson there is it's a long game. You want to set up your business in the long game mode. His advice about staying in retail arb and, and if that's what you're doing, do it, do it, do it, get the cash flow, but invest in something. And I've seen some people investing in businesses outside of Amazon or outside of eBay. I think it's smart. I've heard laundromats. I've seen real estate being flashed around. I've seen a whole bunch of other, a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of my friends are selling mattresses. And if that works, that is awesome. The difference is you're doing it. You're executing. That's it. That's what it's going to take. And you heard that from Trevor here. Um, it's by putting the work in. It's by putting your head down and doing the work. That's how you're going to win. And so I just think he's such a great example of what we should strive to be. So I salute you, Trevor, and I want to be like you. EcommerceMomentum.com, EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the E-Commerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.